Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue Moon. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and I have three celebrity guests with me this week. Uh, fresh from his weekend interview live on National Sports Radio, <laughs> it's a great welcome to the amazing, the wonderful Edward Timpson. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you. Good to see you, Nigel. Uh, fresh from his debut as host of this show, doing an outstanding job, filling the Remarkably large shoes of mine, of indeed, course. Indeed, indeed. I was terrified, <laughs> terrified. But, but you've done it before, I think. Scraped home, scraped home. Got it. Thank the, you very much. The amazing time. John Stapleton. And fresh from coaching even more success for her football team, uh, it is the amazing Sarah Messenger. Hello, Nigel. Uh, listen, let's get straight on with this. City not yet at their best. We're talking about a 3-0 victory against Aston Villa at the weekend. It was 0-0 at half-time. Pep wasn't that happy. The, the fans at the Etihad weren't that happy. And it's fair to say we weren't exactly firing, all, firing on all cylinders, if I could say such a thing. But it wasn't a convincing first half, was it, really? No, it was quite flat. Uh, just lacked sort of the usual sort of zip and en- energy. The, the, a lot of the sort of, sort of passing back side to side. Perhaps they're not tuned into each other as they often would normally. Even David Silva sort of straying passes, which is a sign that things aren't quite what they should be. Uh, and clearly something needs to be done at half-time, and we saw the transformation. Uh, we, we saw some, a few changes in personnel, but you, you wouldn't expect that to make a big enough difference to see the, the, the whole uh, sort of energy drop in the way that it did. The, the opposition did a good job in the, in the first half of just sort of soaking up the pressure. We got to the, um, the sidelines quite quickly, but it's just that final ball into the box. Uh, it was just felt that they just weren't on the same wavelength, and uh, it meant that when we got to half time, there's a little bit of uh, nervousness that perhaps we're on to another Wolves game. Not as fluid as we've been, John, last no, two we seasons. Missed a lot of chances, as Edward said. Uh, David Silver, I think, you know, you're quite right. I mean, a couple of passes, you thought, well, what was he thinking of there? I suspect maybe he was thinking ahead of the person he was trying to pass to on one occasion, at least. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was ahead of the game there. But, yeah, nervous start. I thought John Stones looked nervy. And that terrible pass at one stage to uh, straight to a Villa, a Villa player. Uh, I thought he looked nervy. Uh, and I thought we were very grateful for to Edison by the end of the day because mm. he, he saved our bacon, no doubt about that, on a couple of occasions. Yeah, uh, as Pep rightly said, as he always rightly says, uh, we are not firing on all cylinders in front of goal. We should have been at least two up. I mean, uh, I think Jesus miss, missed one. David Silva m- missed one, maybe. I can't remember exactly now in the first half. But two or three missed chances in the first half. Should have been ahead, weren't. 
just lacking that sort of cutting edge. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what John and Edward have said. I think one of the things I've noticed about City in these sorts of home games, where almost inevitably we're dealing with a team that, even with some attacking talent, plays defensively, it's almost like if City don't score in the first 10 to 15 minutes, the rest of the first half is a (laughs) write-off. If they do score, we then can get cricket scores like we had against Watford and a few other games. And I, I, I... I really wonder a little bit about whether some of the second half performance was partly because of what Pep will have said to them at half time, and partly because Sterling scored so early in the second half. It's almost like they just relax. They've got the goal. They don't panic then that they're going to, you know, that the other team are going to outscore them and they're away. But but you're right, Sarah. This is not the only game, is it? That it's felt like that. I've come up with three reasons, okay, why I think it is. Can I share those with you? Please do. Yes, with it. Shall we tell Pat? Well, (laughs) he he listens every week, John, anyway, so he'll be there anyway. So, we've won two Premier League titles, so it's kind of difficult to motivate yourself for the third one, I think is one potential reason. The second one, clearly we've got some injuries in some key positions, which I think you you made the point, Edward, and we're sort of changing things around a bit. And thirdly, I think there are individuals who are probably not playing at the sort of level that they were playing last season. So, is there a fourth? Is one of those three more important than the other? Do you, do you agree with my three? Is it a combination of all of those? I agree you with have... you, yeah. But I also have to say, and I think you probably agree, that nevertheless, having said all that, there are times when, and we've seen it virtually every game, they play what I call champagne football. Sure. I mean, absolutely fantastic. They suddenly just click into gear while we're away. You know? but, but if I can, the, my, my, the issue I'm saying that, and picking up what Sarah said, was there will be times, and there have been times this season, where we play like that, another team scores they then put you know five and six at the back and it then becomes quite difficult for us I didn't see as many performances like we had at Villa in the previous two seasons I suppose is what I'm saying and and that's why there might be those those reasons it's a fair point yeah I mean I think also it's worth remembering this third season syndrome having won back-to-back titles is Pep has a certain way of playing football People said he couldn't do it in the Premier League. He's proved he can. But now teams are just starting to work out some more sophisticated tactics about how they deal with it. Yeah, like uh, Watford did it woefully. Uh, but, but Villa, uh, they, they, they found you know, some solidity. They, they tracked the players they know they needed to. Uh, they, they pumped uh, the, the long balls up to Wesley up front uh, to do some knock-on. So, that, you know, it's not, not rocket science, really. But, but just a way of playing against us which can break our rhythm up. Uh, whereas teams that last season sort of just sat back, um, and the season before that actually, uh, and just tried to keep soaking it all up, put 10 people, 11 people behind the ball, uh, we, we always found a way through. But I think they, they just sort of disrupt our game a little bit more. So some of those yeah. players who don't have sort of sometimes the now sort of the agility to, like De Bruyne or David Silva, to just change their tack in a game, they just get into sort of a, a one gear. Um, type of, of playing, which which you know, means we still keep possession, but just means we're just uh, we're not as incisive as we we were perhaps in the last couple of seasons. Who, who was your man of the match? I've, I've got a particular view which I haven't seen in much of the media, but somebody for me stood out head and shoulders, and it's actually a player who gets a lot of stick from a lot of City fans a lot of the time. And I was so pleased; yeah. I thought he was magnificent. I know who you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, go on then. Help, help. Well, there first. Gundogan. Was I thought yeah, he was, was absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. 
in every defensively going forward he scored a cracking goal i just think all round i think he, and i just think he needs to get some credit and i think we need to talk about him in those terms because he's not a bad footballer he's a, he's a bloody brilliant footballer and actually for all the stick he gets i don't i don't think he has that many bad games the, 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 why does the, he get so much stick then sir well, do you think from city because he does I think it's partly because there's a lack of clarity. It feels a bit like City fans aren't quite sure what he's there for. Is he a defensive midfielder? Is he a creative midfielder? If he's a defensive midfielder, he doesn't stand out like Fernandinho and even Rodri now does. If he's an attacking midfielder, if you look at last season, he doesn't stand out like Bernardo, like Kevin, etc. So he's kind of caught between the two. Actually, he's a combination of the two. And in that respect, he's a really valuable footballer. Because we can use him in lots of different ways. And so, finish up playing centre half. Yeah. Mm. You finish up playing centre yeah. half on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, some of the dink passes he's done and, you know, little through balls he's mm. done. Uh, there was one against Atalanta. Great, amazing through ball. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's very talented footballer. He should get more credit. I mean, Raheem Sterling took the credit in most of the papers. Uh, and, you know, actually, someone of my generation, a mate of mine who's actually a Stretford United fan, mm-hmm. uh, had, had seen Atalanta game and he saw uh, the match of the day on, on Saturday. He said, he rang me the next day, he said, he's like Stanley Matthews. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the way he dribbles around. And he is like Stanley Matthews. I mean, he, I, I think the Villa manager said, Sterling was is um, in that form is unplayable. Having said that, and I thought it was not to take anything away from Raheem Sterling. I thought he played absolutely fantastic. I thought Edison, you know, must also be a contender for man of the match because not only did he save our skin twice, he actually had a major part, a major role in, in the equalising goal. Absolutely. That long kick mm-hmm. up upfield, up which Jesus backheaded brilliantly uh, to Raheem. Um, thank you, Edison. You know, um, w- what a star he is proved to be yet again do you want to talk about Gundogan when you've done that I'll throw another name in as well, yeah, well I've, I've, I've got a, another name as well it, I mean, the same uh, name. Okay. <laughs> it could well be but uh, Gundogan or Gundogan or whatever we meant I struggle with quite a few of the names of our team these days uh, all for good reasons uh, but you know, playing in that number six role rather than number eight with Fernandini having to go back into, into the, the, the defence just given a bit more surety that that is his role in the team uh, and actually, I think we've seen all his good qualities coming out um, in that position where uh, he's, he reads the game very well. Uh, he, obviously, we know he's a great passer, but he can, but he can also do those, sort of those forward runs, uh, one-twos, and as we saw with his goal, uh, be, which is you know, a talent in itself, right place, right time, having the technique to do that sort of, sort of off-the-floor off volley. Uh, so I think it solves a bit of a conundrum whilst... Laporte's still out. Hopefully, Fernandinho um, doesn't get too many red cards and can keep playing uh, in in that in that role. And I think it seems to work well with with De Bruyne and, and David Silva. Uh, they, they, they've got a, a good understanding. Gundogan's been there what three, four seasons now, so you would expect him to. But um, I, I thought he was the standout player for me. So go on. Uh, my, uh, my other one uh, was. I'm going to put my finger on it now. So, okay. So, so is okay. it this person and what I'm pointing to here now? Go. I'm saying Cancelo. Yes, get in there. <laughs> Look, Sarah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah. You're telling the truth. Good. Yeah. No, uh, lo- looks to be a great buy. Yeah. Um, I know he had a, he's had a couple of dodgy moments. Uh, I think it was in the Wolves game, wasn't it, where he, yeah. he just got out of position a bit, a few, few stray passes. But he was playing on the left side, I think, in that game. Um, against uh, Villa on Saturday, you know, he looked really accomplished. Yeah. Uh, looked uh, absolutely uh, on the tactics. He knew his, his role. 
uh, but was also uh, willing to get his uh, foot stuck in, uh, sp- sprayed some nice passes. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's got 24, I think something so, like yeah. that. So yeah. in that position, uh, he's got some decent uh, pace on him as well. Um, I think Walker's going to struggle to get back in the team. Can I talk about the other side of the, the coin, which is people who maybe looked a bit nervous and, and, and looked quite out of place, albeit coming back from injury, but John Stones did not look a confident centre-back. Centre early on, as I said Ooh. earlier, uh, yeah, absolutely not. I looked nervous, he looked, well, uh, out of, out of, off the pace. I mean, it, I was really worried. About it. I thought this, is, this could be disastrous. It wasn't disastrous. I thought he, I thought he got better uh, and... Um, you know, didn't have a lot to defend in, in, in the second half. But frankly, yeah, I uh, hope, fingers crossed, that that will improve because, you know, fr- from here on in, we've got him and Otamendi. Fernandinho's now got a red card for the game tomorrow, uh, uh, presumably out of that. Maybe looking forward to a rest. He des- deserves a rest, anyway, Fernandinho. Why on earth Fernandinho committed a foul when he winning 3 0 with ten minutes, five minutes to go? I do not know, but he did. Um, but anyway, uh, Stones, yeah, he, look, he looked nervous. I didn't think Mendy looked particularly sharp um, either. But then I've not seen him look particularly sharp in my recent memory, defensively at least. Mm. Um, but anyway, it was, it was, I, I say it this week after week, we are sitting here bitching about a 3-0 victory, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, come on. But because we, we're still second and, and the Scouts has managed to mm. get another penalty and get another victory, so we're still, we're still chasing the Scousers. So yeah. that, that's why I'm asking the question. This time, the last couple of seasons, we've been the ones who are heading the league and, and we're not anymore. We're still chasing. So now Hang on. You know, this time, well, in January last season, we were seven points behind and we still won it. Yeah. So relax. We're still going to win? <laughs> so let's, let's cover it again now. We cover it every week. Still, I, still got your money on City I think then, John? still a good chance. I think it's still a very good chance of us winning it. It won't be easy. They, you know, the Scousers' luck cannot go on forever. Um, and that you know, penalty again to win the game, arguably, was it or wasn't it? Not a penalty. It was awarded, so what's, what's the point of beefing about it? Uh, their luck can't go on forever. I think we have the resources to still do it once the port's back, once the Sane's back. You know, I think that would be a very big, make a very big difference. And anyone who writes off Manchester City for the uh, title is an idiot, frankly. I, well, I, I agree with that. I, I think it depends on where we are come January. I think if, 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 the, if we lose to them at Anfield and there's a nine or ten point gap by January, I actually don't think they'll let that slip for another season. I think if we can keep it at six points or even better, get it down to three or four then I absolutely think we could win it yeah. again. Because, it, you know, the mentality bit really kicks in in the second half of the season. At the moment, they are obsessed with winning it. That's all they can think about is winning it. Mm. And so, you know, I think, I, th- I think we're in with it as long as we're no more than six points well, behind been, them. You know, we've been very unlucky. We've had 11 well, players injured. Yeah. 11 first-team players injured. Yeah. They've been lucky with injuries. And if they get injuries, they're much more vulnerable than we are, yeah. particularly in certain positions. Particularly up front. Yeah. Particularly can, up front. can I talk about injuries then next? Yeah. And, and, and maybe, um, Edward, you can sort of kick off on this. The, your, your thoughts? I mean, obviously we've got Laporte. We should, we probably should start with Sane that we don't talk about very much. Mm-hmm. Of course, we've, we've not had him for, for the whole season pretty much. Uh, we've now got Rodri has picked up an injury. We've seen Sinchenko lying on hospital bed in Barcelona. Um, so... That is, you know, a serious list, and particularly Laporte, and, and particularly now at the back, uh, with company having gone, mm-hmm. uh, we, and, and we've already said about Stones looking nervous and lacking in confidence, 
we're having to compromise at the back. So let's just spend a few minutes just talking about those injuries and how serious they could be and how damaging to City season you believe those injuries could be at this early stage. Yeah, yeah, and I'd also throw in there, I don't think Mendy still looks 100% fit to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still looks a little sort of uh, heavy-legged. He's not played a full game ever, has he? No, and so I'm not sure we can rely on him for the whole season, and I think he'll come in and out the team a little bit. That's why losing Zinchenko is a worry, but Angelino mm-hmm. is, is, is coming actually, you know, in his cameos has done, has done pretty well. I think Pep clearly rates him. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels unfair, but that's that's the nature of football is some sometimes and we've seen it in the past with other great teams that we've had uh, and we've lost uh, you know Colin Bell or Mike Somerby to an injury um, and other teams haven't but you know Liverpool haven't had that psychological blow yet okay they've had Alisson out for a little bit uh, but some of their key players they haven't lost we have it we have I think one of our sort of uh, potential sort of points of optimism we ought to hold on to is we have had in previous seasons you know, De Bruyne are out for large parts of the season um, other, other key players out and we've, we've still come through but we, I think it's just the multitude of them and the fact that we've never really been able to have a break from losing another player even if just for three or four weeks like um, uh, Rodri or Zinchenko so it, it could take its toll I think that's why the Carabao Cup on uh, tomorrow night which we um, may come on to just blooding some of those youngsters again, giving them another run out, it's a good chance to give them game time. As well as John Stones, who you know, he's coming back from injury and he's likely to be a bit nervous. I thought he did get better during the game and he does put his body on the line. Um, you know, and he is a good footballer. Um, so I think we're going to need him and we're going to need him, but we're going to need him to perform like a leader rather than somebody who's worrying about whether they're going to be playing next week. And it's interesting that he's, Pep's not used Otamendi, of course, either. You know, he had all these defensive injuries, and yet Otamendi still hasn't kind of featured the last few games. Well, he's, he's not injured as well, is he? He's, no, he's not. He's not he's a very good he? defender. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. So, so that's kind of... It, it, does that he's concern you as well, then, well, Sarah? Then, that... you know, one of the problems this year is that nearly all of the injuries, with the exception of Sane, have been to defensive players or defensive positions. So... It's, it's highlighted the failure to buy another centre-back. Uh, it's highlighted the kind of performance levels of players like Mendy and so on, whether they're quite at peak condition. And one of the problems with Stones, I think, is that he's never really had a prolonged period of being in the team and feeling like he's a fundamental part that we can rely on. I think his injuries combined with being dropped, and he had some personal problems, I think, in his, his life as well, means that I think he's I, I get a sense doing a bit of amateur psychoanalysis that he's, he still feels like he's got to prove himself as being in the same bracket as all the other players there's no reason why Stones couldn't have improved in the way Sterling has improved but he hasn't um, so I kind of hope that Stones stays in for now and gets a few more clean sheets and starts to believe that he's the quality defender that I think we all think he is he just needs to prove it what do I think about the threat of the injuries? Mm. Um, I'm not that bothered because I, I have such faith in Pep to convert players into things they never thought they would be, like Zinchenko for a start. You know, I mean, there's even talk of Walker becoming a centre-half. Well, I mean, why not? Uh, I mean, Pep just throws the rule book out the window, doesn't he, basically? And says, but, John, going into the Champions League and going into four tournaments with, yes, that's with it. Walker but, but as a centre-half... hopefully by back. then, Rodri will be back. Hopefully by then, Laporte will be back, which makes paints a completely different picture and that's that's my fingers are crossed for that I agree with you entirely uh, in the Champions League but I think as far as the league's concerned the Carabao Cup's concerned yeah. we have such a wealth of talent 
and such a, 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 such players who are so versatile that we're probably I may be falsely optimistic, but probably okay. I, I know, and I mean the fact that Gundogan, as I said, finished up that game playing centre half, and, and as far as I could see, didn't really put a foot wrong. Well, you know, who knows what to expect of these people? Before we take a break, can we just pick up on what John said earlier about Sterling? I just want to do a few minutes on Sterling and just pick him out for special mention. And some of the statistics, I mean, this calendar year, he scored 36 goals, mm. which is just phenomenal. I think, I think Aguero's in danger of not being our leading scorer for yeah. the first time in many, many seasons. As we know, he scored 13 goals in 14 games. Uh, he could eclipse, I think, was it 25 goals he got last year? How, how good... How good is Raheem Sterling in, in, in your view? You see, you've seen a few a few yeah. strikers in a sky blue shirt in your time, Edward? Yeah, yeah. Sean Gota, Niall Quinn, um, <laughs> Lee you know, all, all as Joe, <laughs> Lee Bradley, all as, pay, all as pacey as um, as uh, Raheem Sterling, but obviously not quite got the silky skills. Listen, the teams who play us now, they know his threat, they know what he's capable of, yet they still find it almost impossible to stop him and they say it after the game said we just didn't know what we could do we thought we had a plan but he's just too quick he's his feet his feet are around us before we know it his crossings got better obviously we know about his finishing there's still occasionally you just wish he just sort of took more chances but he's creating so much and he's giving the team this um this sort of fear factor which in the absence of Sane you know a lot more was put on Raheem Sterling's shoulders but he's more than delivered. And when you've got um, some of the uh, best football brains in the world saying he's one of the top five players mm. on the planet, man, that's, uh, that's a pretty good buy. And for all the success that Liverpool think is around the corner, bet they wish he was playing for them. Ballon d'Or as well, he's, he's got his name down for. Put the application in, I believe. Was that you putting his yeah, name forward? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote his reference. Um, I... I Look, he's a brilliant player, and I'm very, very happy he plays for us. And I, th- I'm, I'm really proud of kind of him and the, the dramatic improvement in him as a player over the last two to three seasons. It is quite dramatic. Um, and yes, he still misses chances he shouldn't, but he scores hmm. ones that in the past he would have missed. And the, you know, the little dink pass he did to Silva the other day, and things that he would never wouldn't have been part of his repertoire. Um, I think he's brilliant and I think I do think it's fair to say he's in the top five players in the world would I say he's quite at a consistent level that you've got for we've had from Messi and Ronaldo over the years no but I think he's capable of being talked about in the same breath of them if he keeps doing this for five to ten years I, I, and, and the critical thing with with Sterling it goes back to what I was trying to say about Stones his confidence levels and if you're a confident player and you feel like your manager believes in you, that's what you start to produce. Yeah, you're going to say you weren't. No, no, well, well, he, he hasn't developed these skills in the last two or three years. He might have got more competent at some of his finishing and some of his positional play, but he was always a, he was always a skillful player and fast. But confidence has turned him into the player he is now. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk briefly about Atalanta and then a couple of games against the mighty Southampton. Think you know everything about Frank Sinatra? Then think again. Award-winning Richard Shelton brings Frank Sinatra's story and his iconic songs to life in a new show at Wilton's Music Hall in London, October the 22nd, through to November the 2nd. Go to wiltons.org.uk and grab your tickets now. Shut down in May. But I know I'm gonna 
Welcome back. Let's talk quickly and briefly about Atalanta. 5-1 went down. We were 1-0 down. Uh, another sterling hat-trick. Uh, I want to talk about Foden, though, if I can. And the fact that we can criticise referees till the cows come home. But actually, I have to say, and it's probably not going to be a very popular view, uh, I think I can understand why he got booked for the first one. He was away. He broke down a promising attack. Referees don't tend to like that. Uh, and then he showed complete naivety. Uh, no need to do what he did. Uh, and he got a deserved second yellow card and got sent off. Uh, do you have a different view? Or is no, that a fa- not, fair not, sens- not dramatically. I think it was a bit naive, frankly. I felt sorry for him because, you know, it was his first start for a long time. And he played brilliantly. I think the guy's fantastic. Uh, and the crowd loved him. I mean, the fact that he was there and the crowd cheered him when he went off. Yes, he, it was naive and he'll learn from it, as Pep said. He pro- pro- hopefully won't do the same thing again, but then much more senior player, as I said earlier, Fernandino did exactly the same thing on Saturday. Insane, frankly, frankly but there you are. Um, yeah, it's, he, he's a fantastic player and uh, he made a major contribution to that game. There's no question about it. I mean, he was very, very impressive and you understand why Pep says this kid's a world beater, you know, and why go anywhere else? You know, he keeps just playing. I mean, I think he'll we'll come on to Southampton, but surely he'll give him a chance against Southampton. We were calling uh, in the programme I hosted when you, you were away. Did you host one when I was away? I did. I, I heard yeah, some yeah, great yeah, reviews. Very, very bad. I thought you were great. Doubled but, the listening figures, yeah, I heard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did say in that, in that programme uh, that uh, you know, he should give uh, Foden a start. And obviously Pep was listening and he, he took heed of what we said. And he gave him a start. Sad that, uh, that Foden finished it in the way he did. Uh, leaving the sending off to one side, mm. just again, let's talk about Foden as yeah, well, and, yeah. and, and and just about him because he is a special talent. There's mm. no question. Yeah, uh, he yeah. just he's a, he's what is he 18, 19? 19, 19, 19 yeah. years of age just, but he just has just a vision and and and, and he's just looks a quality, mature, rounded player already, doesn't he? Is, yeah. are, are we handling him right? Is Pep giving yeah, him enough I... time? Should he have gone out and played abroad or played for Everton week in week out? Well, I mean, you know, they're the best judges of what, what is going to work for him and for the club. Uh, you know, he oozes football talent. And he came on against Villa at the end and he was just gliding around the pitch. He was sort of orchestrating a lot of the, the play. Um, he's certainly not out of place. And, you know, I would be very happy to see him playing on Saturday um, in, in midfield from the start. Uh, you know, and he's, he's, he's still got development um, and that they've decided that they want to do that within uh, the, the first team squad. And we know David is sadly leaving at the end of the season. So I think throughout, throughout the, the next three or four months, I think we will hopefully see Phil Foden coming in more, getting some more game time. Maybe David Silva coming off a little bit earlier in games, depending on how they're going. So I think this will be a real test for Foden over the next, uh, sort of the back end of the season to see whether next season is his real breakthrough. Um, I think we all expect it will be. Um, he, he looks physically uh, more mature. Uh, I think, I think he's, um, his, his awareness is, if it could be even better, it is. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of those David Silver qualities, which is why he's in many ways seen as the perfect replacement. But he isn't David Silver, he's Phil Foden. And I think if we're going to build a team around him, we need to start getting, it, getting him in there a bit more. Um, all right. Can we talk about, before we talk about Southampton, just going to throw something out. Somebody's birthday today, and I think, looking around, I think we all saw him play. I think yeah. he, even, I, I about. He, even Sarah, I think, uh, you, you, you were a very small child when you saw the great 
player that is Paul Lake. Um, mm. It is his birthday today. So mm. from yeah. the Man City Show, Paul, we wish you a very happy birthday. Anybody want to throw any reflection? Well, just because he's... Yeah, I couldn't believe... I've got Joe Lake and I yeah. treat each other, and um, Paul uh, treats as well. And uh, I couldn't believe that he's 51 years old today, uh, which means that it was 30 years ago that his career effectively ended. He was 21 when his career effectively ended. What a fantastic player he was. Lovely guy as well. I've met him a few times. I don't know whether you have. Lovely fella. as his lovely wife as well, Joe. Um, potential captain of England, you know. Uh, almost certainly would have been. was marked out for that. Um, and it's all over by the time he was 21. And actually, one has to say, if you've read his, read his book, which is a great read, you'll, you'll know that he was treated very badly by City uh, after that, in, in, in many ways, actually. Really, really badly. And uh, you do think if he'd got that injury today with, with new sort of technology, new surgery, yeah, you just wonder whether something like that probably could have been yeah. sorted. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. do, you, do you remember him as a small child I, in I, your I, pram? Yes, ba- barely, out, ba- barely out of nappies when I saw yeah. Paul Lake. But I, uh, no, I'm <laughs> I do remember him very well. And, and I tell you what I remember about watching Paul Lake at the time is that um, we were fairly woeful. We've had the odd great result, like the battering of the uh, of Stretford at five-one. But um, what I remember was actually thinking, as a City fan, we've potentially now we've got a player who's brilliant, who might play for England, who might actually turn us into a half-decent team. He was that good that you felt as if. It was like having a pride in him as a player yeah. that I did, don't remember feeling to the same extent about other players at the time. So it was, it was awful what happened to him. Listen, we're running out of time. Let's talk about Southampton. Um, I think we all can know what their last result was. Mm. 9-0 against Leicester. Mm, I suppose that, yeah. t- two things could happen here, Edward. I suppose it could well be they're so demoralised they come and get another beating or actually it could be a wake-up call and we could be up for a bit of a fright. But also, uh, talking about the League Cup encounter, it does, I suppose, depend very much on team selection as well. It's a bit of a lottery. But we've won it two years on the trot. We have. Um, you'd like to think that Pep's taking all these competitions seriously. Yeah. So just do the two together. Can yeah. you give us a, a quick yeah. summary of kind of League Cup, Carabao Cup and, and League fixture at the weekend as well? Yeah, so I think when I was last time we were about to play Preston uh, and we, we got through that without any trouble and we talked about the treble in the Carabao Cup. I think it's still on. Uh, you look at the other fixtures, uh, uh, the big four all playing each other, uh, if that's what they still call themselves. Uh, and I think we'll, we'll put out a lot of the, the replacements on Tuesday. Uh, the Bravos, hopefully the, the young centre-backs. Uh, Guerra might get a run out um, because he's, he's not played the last couple of games. Uh, we might want to save him for Saturday, I don't know. But the, there is the potential, maybe not on Tuesday because it would be different personnel on both sides, but on Saturday a, a Southampton backlash. You know, They're not a bad side, they're not great. Uh, they've got some talent in there and they have turned over a few teams that you wouldn't expect them to. So you know, we can't take anything for granted against them. We've got to be really on top of our game. Uh, and um, you know, I still expect us to win, but uh, unfortunately, I, I'm not going to be predicting a nine nil. No, we won't win nine nil. I'm sure we won't. But I think we'll beat them on both on both occasions. And I hope. Well, Pep always takes the Carabao Cup seriously, and I'm, I'm sure he will again on Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, and I hopefully, you know, we may see young Garcia giving a run out. Who knows? Uh, Ari, you've not amended. I'm not bothered about. It. I'm, not, I'm quite relaxed about. It. I think we'll win both games. I agree. I think we'll win both games as well. So do I. Um, a huge pleasure to have my three guests, right. to John Stapleton, to Edward Timpson, and to Sarah Messenger. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.